Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I got this for free. Hi, I'm Pete Donaldson, and I got this for free. I'm Freddie Mercury. (laughs) Hi, you. Hello. (laughs) Have you seen uh, Mr. Robot in the new um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody uh, trailer? Do you know who was originally going to be him? Uh, It was uh, Sacha Baron Cohen. Correct. Yeah, he was having all of it, and it was just. It does look like it's a bit of a joke, really. All the interesting parts of Freddie Mercury kind of stripped away. And it's just all um, kind of just basically him doing Bohemian Rhapsody and stuff like that. It's 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 a bit of a. I think it looks like a bit of a whitewashing, but Mr. Robot looks like he's done a lovely job. Well, they wouldn't even better fit the whole of Bohemian Rhapsody song in the film. Me and so Balik. Balik is a me and Balik. I don't know who he is. I've never seen. No. Um, what's it called? Robot, Mr. Robot, Mr. Robot. Yeah, yeah. he was outside my house uh, a couple of months ago. What fit your broadband? <laughs> and he was just like uh, just going. Hey, man. And he's got really high, sort of high, squeaky voice to his friend. Can I, just I say, gotta be over here now. When you said uh, the bloke from Mr. Robot, mm. I'm going to be honest here because the Luke and Pete show is a place of honesty. People right. share their honest stories the whole time. And mm. if they're going to embarrass themselves, it's only fair that I embarrass myself. When you said Mr. Robot, I thought you meant iRobot and I almost said Will, Will Smith. Smith. And who, I was trying to square that in my mind as to how he's going to be Freddie Mercury. He's singing the, um, the, World Cup, uh, the official World Cup song. Ah. Huh. Which I didn't see coming at all, really. They always pull things out their ass, don't they? Normally you know, Mr. Like, Worldwide, isn't it? Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. Mr. Worldwide. Will Smith's had some bangers. He's had some absolute bangers. He has had some absolute bangers. Miami, banger. There was a lovely Getting story. Getting jiggy with it, banger. There was a lovely story of um, when he did his first album. Um, the, the, I think the singles went really well, but then the album bombed sort of thing, and he didn't really know what to do, and how he actually got the role as Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that is incredible, because he wasn't an actor... He did not act, uh, but this guy was just told by um, who's that famous record producer? Did all Michael Jackson stuff? And stuff oh, Quincy there. Jones. Quincy Jones uh, just basically said, ah, "I'm having a meeting with uh, this guy about Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You could be the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, go and have an audition yeah. right now." And he yeah. went, "I'm not an actor." He goes, "Can you like can we do it next week or something so I can have a, like research and stuff?" And he goes, "Well, you could do that, or you could do it right now and stop being a fucking pussy." Yeah. <laughs> and he did it, and he got it, and yeah. he was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and it just went from there. I mean, it helps when you're Will Smith. One of the I most mean, charismatic men yeah, of all time. I know, I know, I know. I know. If I was Quincy Jones, I'd have said, you're one of the most charismatic men on the earth. You're probably going to be fine to be in this budget sitcom. At the time, they wouldn't have known it was going to be massive. I heard a similar story about With the voice about of Shredder, Uncle Phil. Was he voice of Shredder? He was no. the voice of Shredder, he was, yeah. Was he? 
Someone, um, he's yeah. also in prison now because of his part in uh, Death Row Records as well, of course. Who? Um, Uncle Phil? No, he looks like Suge Knight. That's the joke. He's, he's dead. He's, no, dead. he's dead. Yeah, he is dead. Yeah. Well, we heard on Monday that Bobby Davro isn't dead. Did Suge Knight run over somebody? He did. He took someone. It, it was honestly, I'm not... Weird it, video, that, isn't it? Yeah, I am not in any way condoning the, the actions of Suge Knight. If you've read the great book by Ronin Rowe called Have Gun, Will Travel, which is about the rise and fall of Death Row Records, it's fascinating. I'd recommend it. <clears throat> um, Suge Knight's... A, guilty of some appalling things we all know that but there was a bit in um so that crime you're talking about he, he tried to settle some vendetta by mm. driving a car into i think it was a crowd of people outside a a, a fast food joint or something yeah because he was trying to target someone and he, he ended up going down for it but he had one of these lawyers you know you get those sort of american they're normally american i'm not going to say johnny cochran type because he was obviously like a really good lawyer but you get these sort of real almost like a better call Saul type lawyer yeah so Suge Knight evidently had one of them, right? So I think the, the defence they concocted for that particular crime was that, oh, Suge, uh, Suge Knight had um, a sudden onset of blindness and he's actually really struggling for his sight now. Um, <laughs> and so it wasn't really his fault. It's diminished responsibility. His eyesight just deteriorated really quickly, blah, blah. And he turned up for the court case pretending to be blind. Nice. With the, with the glasses and the white stick. I think you could probably find it online. And, and, he, and, he, and he saw it through, but he got busted. <laughs> so you can really got to applaud the sort of ingenuity of that. Are you there, mother? Where am I? I'm in a court. What? <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Fantastic. Is this the opticians? Not even, not even thinking on his feet. Why is he talking it. like Roger Moore? Um, <laughs> And um, what were you saying just before that? Uh, can't remember. Uh, can't remember. Oh, yes, yeah, so the Will Smith story. Oh, yeah. I heard a similar story about Jamila Jamil. Do you know her? You've probably worked yes. with her, have you? Uh, no, but I know off her, yes. So for those who don't know who she is, she was a presenter on Channel 4 on T4, which is a sort of teenage thing that was on Channel 4 here in the UK. And um, she is now an actor in a comedy with Kristen Bell, Ted Danson, and one or two others called The Good Place. Mm. It's on Netflix. It's actually quite good. I saw the first two episodes. I just couldn't get with it. Couldn't well, get with it. the story is that um, she um, had never acted before, but she yeah. was fed up with everything happening in the UK, so she moved to LA. Now, of course, it helps that she is probably the one of the most beautiful women in the world, so we understand that it's not going to work for everyone. But she went to LA and was told that she was too old because I think she was 30 at the time and it, it wasn't going to happen for her. Um, and but she got this audition for the good place, and they asked her what work she'd done before, mm. and she hadn't done any work before. Mm. But she thought on her feet and said, and "Thought if I just say loads of theatre, they're not going to be able to check." No. So she just said, "I've done this theatre performance, this, that, and the other, all in the theatre in London." Yeah. And they couldn't check, yeah. so they ended up they ended up treating her as an actor. Yeah. But she wasn't, and she got the part. Yeah. That's how she did it. She's um not good in it. She is the not, weakest part of it. She's, she's not a great actor. <laughs> no, I would agree with that. But the thing is, it's interesting because you know Mimi's American. Mm. She doesn't. I think it's because she's got this English accent that they really love her. Oh, huge! I mean, yeah. the, the, you can um, be a terrible actor and be English doing an English accent because you sound really disingenuous anyway when you speak when when you're an English person. Would well, you remember that um that great advert? I think it was for it was certainly for a car manufacturer. It might have been for Jaguar when it was all they got all the classic British older British actors. Right. And, you know, they always play, like, bad guys. Yeah. So I had Ben Kingsley, um, might have had Christopher Lee. Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah, And yeah. at the end, it was all about um, be, being British and being, like, a bit of a badass, mm. which is, like, weird because <laughs> in the UK, we don't think of British people like that at all. Yeah. We think of us as being apology-making, like, losers. Yeah. But at the end, it had Ben Kingsley, and it flashed up Jaguar, and it had Ben Kingsley looking down the camera going, it's good to be bad. <laughs> which is great. This car does come in automatic versions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I um, drive stick. And speaking of that, one of the great comedy scenes of all time, uh, City and McKellen in the extra. Do you remember that? Uh, I don't remember that one to be honest. So there's a there's a bit where Ricky Gervais's character has got wants to go for a part in a play. Mm. 
and it's directed by Ian McKellen. Right. And so Ian McKellen's there at the casting and he's mm. sat at his desk and he sits down and he expects, and Ricky Gervais's character expects Ian McKellen to ask him some questions about himself, about the role. And, he, mm. and Ian McKellen just goes, how do I act so well? <laughs> <laughs> this is brilliant. And he goes on this mad uh, rant about, uh, yeah, it's just weird. It's worth watching anyway. My favourite bit is the uh, Patrick Stewart um uh, I've already seen. I've seen all her clothes fall off. All her clothes fall off. I've seen everything. Is it a comedy? No. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah uh, he he didn't like that apparently. That's, why? That's word on. Why? Our friend told us. Why didn't he like it? Yeah. Oh yeah, we did get told her. He thought he was being lampooned. And it's like, yeah. Have you seen the show? Yeah. Like, I mean, that is every, the actual point. All the actors in on the in on the joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jeez. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Did, who was it told? Oh yeah, someone did tell yeah. us that. That's right. <laughs> anyway, good stuff. Right, Pete. Good what have we got? Stuff. What have we got coming up this what week? We... No one knows. No one knows. I'll tell you what I've done this week. I went to see Solo. Oh, have you seen it? Seen it. That was good. That was enjoyable. What was uh, Donald Glover like? <clears throat> yeah, great. I mean, he'll probably get a spin-off or something. But uh, um, it's a quite a nice subversion. Um, oh, God, who's the one who does um, uh, Fleabag? Um, what? Chewbacca? What? Chewbacca? No, Fleabag, the TV show. Oh, right. Carrie, was... Is it Carrie Walder? I haven't seen uh, it. Oh, my God, you're missing out. You really are. Um Carrie Walder, something or other. I can't. Why? Well, I, I can't remember her name. She's incredible. Um, anyway, she uh, plays a robot. Oh, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yeah. And some crazy double. I have seen. It. I saw an episode of it on the plane. It's incredible. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she uh, plays a robot that's um, that is Lando Calrissian's robot, and it's a beautiful subversion of the goofy male that you see in pretty much every other TV show slash film. Uh, where uh, a really goofy male manages to um, enchant a beautiful, sexy, kind of slick woman uh, who's really confident. Uh, it's a complete subversion of that. She's like a really goofy kind of robot who's like right. clumsy and a bit shit. Right. And Lando Calrissian, um, clearly got some kind of relationship, um, is Lando Calrissian, and, and, and it's like a, a, a goofy robot. And I really like that relationship. I'd like to see more of that. Please. How many peaks out of five are you giving it? Say again? How many peaks out of five are you giving it's, it? It's a strong three. Three or four, yeah. It's, 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 well, which? It's, three or four? Uh, four. Right, four peaks out of five. Four. I give it, I'm, I'm in. I'm in a good mood. And have you met any of the actors from the film this week? Uh, well, again, the only reason why I watch films is because I got. I know. That's why I'm asking. Uh, um, what was her name? Millie Clark. Oh, you the, met her. The, uh, Mother of Dragons. You met her. Who again? Another another actor who's not great. <laughs> who's not a great actor? I would say, but she's all right in this. She's good in this. She's very attractive. Uh, she's, she's, she's very, very good on Instagram. Is she very good on I love I love that on Instagram. Have you seen the first season of Game of Thrones? Uh, yes. So you know Carl Drogo. Yes. Uh, she, her character um, uh, Daenerys Targaryen and Carl Drogo get together, mm. and um, it's like a very sort of t- tempestuous, um, quite sort of. Oh, He's a savage. I, yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but it's like a non-traditional. Top it's thing. the anyway. first season of Game of Thrones. Yeah, but but anyway. Um, on it's cute because on Instagram they're both really obviously really good friends and they mm. call each other by the nicknames that they gave each other in the show right on Instagram and I find it very endearing. Aww. So he always calls her my my sun and stars or something like that. Aww. and she says moon of my life. That's nice. Yeah, it's cute. It's, listen, hello Luke and Pete show. Hello at LukeandPeach.com dot com with your tales of romance. Tales what about that? Of romance. She wasn't the original Dragon Queen in the pilot. Who was that going to be? It was somebody else. The um, they they filmed a pilot, didn't they? That no one's ever seen. Was it going to be Ro- Was it going to be Roger Moore? Because <laughs> I'd like that. It was well, loads of different people were cast differently, and it was all kind of apparently the. I really want to see the title sequence. Apparently, the title sequence was like um, a lot of crows flying around and stuff, right? And it wasn't like the same as what we had now. And it's a bit. It was a bit cheesier. And I'd a love bit to of see a mess, that. Really, I'd love to see like a, 
but alternate um, situation. Pete, we are two men sat in a room on our own mm. um, twice a week, but that doesn't mean we're not romantic. So why don't we no. hear tales of romance? Yeah. We haven't done that. We've All done 60-odd right. shows of this. Have you had any, how many romantic stories do we have from our listeners? Have we exhausted the um, boys farting in classrooms? No. That's all I'm asking. Can they coexist? Can they coexist? <laughs> has anyone ever done a romantic fart? Well, there's the question. Mm. Farts at fart.com. Always the, uh, always the, uh, like the, 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 the watermark where you're like, this is a relationship now. Yeah. I've done a fart in front of the other person. Tell us your story. Yeah, exactly. Tell us your story about you doing that. Oh, what? When you dropped your guts in front of a woman you love. About a year into a relationship, um, somebody did an accidental fart. And so... Well, someone, it was either you or your girlfriend. No, I think, yeah, it might have been me. And I think... It was you. girlfriend did a fart. And uh, yeah, and it was just nice. (laughs) It was was the best fart. It's like being here with Laurence Olivier. And this was the best fart. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh that fart warmed me with the heat fart. of a thousand suns fart for the ages there we go I also I watched bloody Jurassic, the new Jurassic Park oh, oh yeah I'm worried oh, I'm worried about it oh, is it a dog's egg I've got to do Bryce Dallas Howard and uh, who's the main block um, Chris Pratt Chris Pratt legend. legend I've done him like three times now he's really nice um, yeah. uh, he, will he him, remember you do you think him and Nick nah, him and uh, Nick Offerman always uh, yeah, send um, pictures of their turds to each other oh, come like, on. Big, if they do big poos they um, send um, pictures of their poos to each other um, uh, yeah, so Pete the Jurassic but Bryce Dallas Howard I keep on thinking I'm going to I'm no for a fact I'm going to do this because it's in my head yeah. I'm going to call a Bryce Dallas Buyers Club <laughs> I just know I am. <laughs> I just know I am. You remind me of a film about AIDS. <laughs> Pete, um, Jurassic World, not Jurassic World, what am I talking about? Yeah, Jurassic World. The, mm. the, the, the first reboot with Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard was on ITV2 at the weekend. Oh, I watched it. it. Any good? And it's just popcorn fair. It's okay. Yeah. It, I mean, well, this pro- is all okay. It's f- perfectly serviceable. But I'm worried but... about The Fallen Kingdom because the trailer. The trailer makes it look very, very poor. It's just very standard, you know what I mean? It's all right. It's fine. I don't really... I mean, I don't envy you having to go in there and pretend to like films that you haven't really seen and the ones you have seen you don't like. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to do that. Yeah. But you are nothing if not two-faced, so it's fair enough. Massively. You're Hugely. Really. Hugely. Right, should we have a little break and then do some emails because I want to talk to you about the worst driver in history. Lovely old job. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That was, that was a bit of a swerve. That was a swerve. I was not expecting Ooh, ah, that. You actually put me off making a my, note of when the time was. My because dinner. Sorry, right, I got it. Oh, you got it. Okay, I got fine. it, baby. Um, right, so I promised before that very abrupt break that we would talk about potentially the worst. What's happened? Sorry, sometimes my hip just kind of falls out of its joint. You're falling to pieces. Oh, you are falling Jesus. to pieces. How's, oh. your sh- how's your shoulder? From last week, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that was this better. week on Monday. Yeah. Um, anyway, while you're sorting uh, your hip out, are you okay? Do you yeah. want to do it quietly? Because this is a radio show. Um, <laughs> the worst driver in history, potentially. Oh, this is an email for Ro- uh, um, Ryan from Bristol, who's got some Energizer batteries 
Very, very dull, but hopefully the email won't be. He says, um, hello, Luke and Pete. Uh, loving your work, although a fairly recent newcomer to your show. I have, over the past few weeks, caught up with all of the back catalogue. Thank you yeah. very much for emailing in. Uh, yeah, very, that, very is, kind. that is dense work. Um, if you, obviously, if you do want to email in, it's hello at lukeandpeacher.com. Um, Ryan goes on to say, it was your most recent show, episode 64, which caused me a flashback to my school days. In the aforementioned episode, you both recounted your experiences of bad or frightening driving you had witnessed around the world. This immediately took me back to the late 90s and a month-long expedition that myself and 30 classmates took to the Middle Eastern country of Jordan. Ooh. I say expedition as opposed to holiday or trip, as it was, in a word, arduous. Ungrateful. We were chose to live on one pound per person per day for the month. Wow. Uh, and lived in campsites or terrible hostels and carried out a mixture of charity work, trekking in the desert and visiting tourist attractions such as the World Heritage Site of Petra, which looks absolutely beautiful. I'd love to go there. Uh, we also had to source our own local transport around the country. And due to budget restraints, this often led to traveling on rickety public transport. However, on one particular journey to the more remote northern part of the country, a bus or train was unavailable, so we sourced a private hire minibus. Okay? Mm. How's your hip? I'm on, I'm on board. Is your hip all right? Hip's fine. Good. When the driver turned up outside one of the aforementioned hellholes we had this pleasure of spending the night in, we were treated with the sight of a reasonable-looking yellow American-style school bus, which, given the context of what we had experienced so far, came as a big relief. With it being a bus being built for 50 or so passengers... It meant when we climbed aboard, we all had our own seat with room to spread out without being buried in a stranger's armpit. On top of this, it had a stereo with a tape deck. Nice. Luxury, we thought. So, with tunes blaring and the group of us all beginning to genuinely look forward to the trip, we started heading out. The first unusual event occurred about 10 minutes later when we entered a residential area, pulled up outside a house, and it became apparent this was the driver's house and he had popped home. No problem, we thought, as we disappe- as he disappeared into the house. Shortly after he emerged again, shortly after he emerged again, only this time in his hands he was carrying a baby. Oh. At this point, I should explain that the driver could speak no English, and the entire group of us could speak about three words of Arabic between us, and no one had thought to look up the phrase, what the fuck are you doing with that baby? <laughs> the driver proceeded to bring the baby aboard the bus, wrap it in a blanket, and lay it on the dashboard before jumping back in his seat and pulling away. Despite the looks from, of horror from his passengers, the driver happily drove around the city for a full hour or more with the baby on the dashboard, grabbing for it as it slid around the dash. <laughs> Thankfully, we left the city, made another unscheduled stop to drop off the baby with a seemingly unfazed family member, and it was during the next leg of the journey that the memorable trip would become terrifyingly unforgettable. We headed out toward the mountainous region where Jordan borders Israel and Syria. The road was of the single-track, windy mountain type, with a precipitous drop either side of the very narrow road. The climb into the mountains put a strain on the ageing bus and caused it to rattle and shake a bit. Nothing out of the ordinary, particularly, uh, especially uh, considering what had just happened hours before. However, after a while, in a particularly steep section of road, the vibrations caused the, side, caused the side door to slip its catch, and the angle of the road caused the door to slide open. For clarity, this was the side door halfway down the bus, the door usually used for people getting off while others get on at the front. The clatter of the door and the accompanying breeze now blowing through the interior galvanised the driver into action. He looked back toward the door, yelled something in Arabic, revved the engine to gain some speed, and then without skipping a beat, climbed out of his seat, walked halfway down the bus, closed the door, and strolled back to the front to resume the driving seat. On a cliff. On a mountainous road. <laughs> Terrifying, that is all I can say, and that's from Ryan. Ryan, I am delighted you survived to be able to tell us that tale. At any point that could have slipped off. 
that that bus could have slipped off or the you know it could have turned or I can't even watch those YouTube videos of those dry. It makes my hands go all sweaty. The way they swing round the kind of oh the corners my and god! Stuff. I remember I, sort of doing like a having to do like a mountainous uh, drive through California and and that was quite treacherous because uh, one of the coastal roads was out, so uh, my ex had to sort of you know navigate through. And where was this? Sorry. This is in California, right, on the way okay. in between uh, Big Sur and uh, Big Sur and San Francisco, but which is a beautiful drive. But good lord, right? Oh, it was uh, it was rickety. Well, if you can beat a story as bad as that in terms of driving, hello at LukeandPeach.com. dot com. We want to hear about it, baby. Kids, kids um, I mean, we, it's only a recent thing that you know child seats and child safety is is even being thought of. I mean, really. you shouldn't have a baby on a dashboard. Well, my dad used to. I think oh, as well. My dad used to put us on, like me and my sister, on his crossbar of his bike. Yeah. Uh, as he um, weaved through traffic um, after a couple of pints of beer, so you know. How do you get both you and your sister on there? We're not big guys. We're not a big family. Well, that's worse though. You were so small. <laughs> you could both fit on there. <laughs> but we had a balance on the bloody crossbar. Our our legs hanging in the uh, hanging in the spokes dreadful I, I um <clears throat> pictures of you when you were a kid so, you're so, you such a cute kid mm. that picture of you with a chimpanzee I'll explain to listeners another time uh, <laughs> how, how old were you then I don't know I couldn't have been older than about five I reckon yeah, you're so, yeah. you're I so a, cute I was, I was a cute cute kid yeah. uh, made up for ever since though unfortunately never I'm, mind I'm the same um, Pete have you got an email for us I've got an email for us uh, let me just, I was enjoying that one so much I put my phone down and it locked up so, there's uh, an embarrassing school tale by a guy called Ian that you back on look. shop it's page five, I think, of the emails. Uh, page five of the emails. I'm not working on page two. Oh, right, is this, okay. Uh, is it geography trip? Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. All right, right let's do yeah. that. Ian Hawkins. That's Hello, right, yeah. Ian Hawkins. Hawko. Uh, Dean and Pitts, uh, recent listener, recent convert to the show. Uh, I'm emailing with an embarrassing school story that I had successfully blocked out my memory until recently. To set the stage, it's lower sixth form geography field trip time. We were 17, very much in the realms of irresponsible drinking. Which is, by the way, is actually got quite alien to our American listeners. What do you mean? Like well, the fact that we we in England as kids would get drunk at like fifteen or whatever—that's mm. crazy to them. They, they can't see that. Well, they wait till like eighteen, don't they? And that's so, even yeah. still too young, which is just strange. Mad. But then Americans don't drink a huge amount compared to everywhere else, so it's probably on the right track, really, isn't it? Um, it started during the day. Uh, where after a, a mind-numbing tour of the Norwich One-Way system, we were given an hour <laughs> to uh, browse the shops instead. It's quite in between, is this? That is. Instead, uh, we went to the pub and using my brother's passport, had a couple of rounds. After being dragged out of the pub by our already fed-up geography teacher, we were off to the education centre on the course where the remainder of the field trip was to take place. There were probably another 60 or so students of varying ages from different schools staying there, so probably not dissimilar to the place you mentioned in Hampshire a few weeks back. Stubbington Study Centre. The SS. C. C. Yeah, you got it. Uh, we arrived early evening and somehow managed to persuade the teachers to let us go to the local. At this point, uh, things became a little bit more hazy. Pretty sure I hit on a mate's girlfriend and probably embarrassed myself and the school. Eventually, we were kicked out and made it to bed in the dorms and I fell fast asleep. About an hour later, I was desperate for the loo, so I wandered off down the corridor to find these shared bathrooms, then back to bed. Next thing I know, I'm being shaken awake by our massively Welsh teacher with a <laughs> mad look in his eye. Hi, sir, what are you doing here? Fucking Elian, you're in the wrong bed. Bleary-eyed, I looked around around the rest of the dorm uh, to see a lot of petrified kids about five years my junior who were obviously wondering Ooh. what the hell was going on and why some pissed-up 17-year-old was in one of their thankfully empty beds. I was taken back to my dorm and I immediately faded back to black. 7am, everyone's waking up. I told my mates what happened, expecting a bit of a laugh at my expense. Turns out they had slightly uh, a slightly worse night than me. About an hour after we, we uh, left the pub, our teacher did the rounds just to make sure it was lights out and everyone was in bed, except I was missing. 
because he was in bed with <laughs> lots of children, basically. <laughs> uh, for the next couple of hours, they had the whole of our school looking for me. Half the other schools were walking up. Uh, the teachers asking my mates if I was in any way suicidal. Uh, they walked along the cliffs near the centre in the middle of the night, pretty wow. sure it was pissing down as well. Yeah. They'd already called uh, his parents. Uh, they were getting close to call the police. There's also the not insignificant factor that I was in a room with children much younger than me. Uh, and whilst I'm certain there was no one in the bed I crashed out in, it doesn't change the perceived nonce factor when it comes to your mates taking the piss. I'm not sure I've ever wanted to be famous. And if I did, it wasn't like this. The walk of shame through the food hall for breakfast where everyone from every school knew my name the next morning was pretty excruciating when you walk in and everyone, kids and teachers, is saying, so which twice Ian Hawkins? <laughs> it doesn't get much better. I was basically forced to volunteer for every stupid activity the next day, including testing river floor in a wetsuit in the water. The good thing is, what happens in Norfolk stays in Norfolk, although it doesn't because everyone had a fucking 3210 uh, and the whole school knew about it and the piss taking didn't stop. <laughs> so, yeah, I got drunk on a school trip. I ended up passing out in another school's dorm whilst my friends and teachers thought I had jumped off a cliff. Ian Hawkins. You've packed that, a lot in there. <laughs> that is box office. Wonderful. Also, something that accentuates the nonce factor mm. is that, Ian, your name is remarkably close to confirmed and imprisoned paedophile Ian Watkins. Indeed. So that's not going to help matters either. That's not going to help matters. I understand that probably happened about 15 years before that Speak, actually took place. Uh, speaking of... No, no, uh, no, 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 no. What do you mean? We're not doing more on Ian Watkins. You brought, you brought yeah, Ian Watkins. that's Watkins. enough. I'm that's not an... bringing Ian Watkins. Okay, speaking fine. Of, speaking of uh, convicted, well, uh, oh. dead, dead paedophiles... Um, Jimmy Savile. Savile. Yeah, uh, we uh, we're planning on doing a, a special wrestle me on the wrestling career of Jimmy Savile. He had a wrestling career. He wrestled in several matches, and there's only one bit of footage of him wrestling. But because wrestling is so tawdry, can you know? To, yeah. to, even when he died, even when he <clears throat> he was convicted as a, a as a child molester and a, 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 a shit basically. Yeah. Uh, no one wanted to mention, no one wanted to the wrestling, which I find fascinating. So you were going to do a whole show on it? <clears throat> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Interesting. That'll, that'll pat the numbers in. I think so. <laughs> yeah, no, it will be interesting. <clears throat> Thanks for that, Ian. And um, if, if, if that wasn't bad enough, you've now been uh, mentioned in context with Ian Watkins and Jimmy Savile. Well, yes, exactly. So there we go. Um, what about this? An update from Columbia, something I presume Pete has always welcomed. Yes. Um, this is from... I have to... Um, scroll down I haven't got his name that's so annoying oh no sorry uh, yeah, that was me I compiled the email I'll, um, uh, yeah maybe you can look it up anyway this is an update from Colombia um, regarding planes and driving I was recently in Medellin Colombia I've travelled a fair bit but these guys take the piss they literally and I do mean that in the literal sense of the word drive into each other like you might do on a bumper car circuit they just <laughs> don't care at all also, car doors are amusingly poorly made in Colombian cars, so you have to close them very softly, despite all the chunks taken out by the driving, or the taxi drivers become rather nonplussed. Now, because the city is so high up and because it sits in a valley, and because, uh, because the cars are in such a shit state, the pollution is best described as being fucking horrendous. Imagine being stuck in a traffic jam in 30-degree heat with the windows open, sat between a load of old lorries, then multiply that by a million and make it all the time, and you get my drift. This means that taxi drivers in particular have huge respiratory problems, and on particularly hot and still days, the hospitals are flooded with people unable to breathe. Uh, Pete, you'd struggle there, would you, with that? Um, as long as I take my uh, asthma medicine, I'm all right. I managed to uh, get through um, a couple of Chinese cities when it was pretty bad uh, weather. Right. Pretty bad uh, um, congestion. 
Oh, it's actually from Toby. I've, I found his name's Toby. Toby goes on to say, while in Colombia, I flew because you have to fly everywhere if you want even a 10-mile journey to not take, say, a year from Cartagena to Medellin, which I think is pronounced Medellin in, in South America. Anyway, that's by the by. Behind me in the queue for the plane was a man and his dog. Let's describe the appearance of the two. He was wearing a sort of backless yellow leotard, which amply displayed his bare nipples. Nice. I can't remember what shoes he wore, but he did have on a big, uh, he did have big uh, fluffy pink socks and his hair was a cropped purple afro. It was his dog, however, which made me look twice. His dog, a poodle, had pink painted toenails. As you can imagine, it was hard not to stare. As you can also probably imagine, security were onto him pretty sharpish, telling him that he wouldn't be able to take his dog on the plane, and he was outraged. Security held him back until we were all on board, and just as they were removing the steps, he made a run for it. He reached the top of the steps and managed to straddle the gap between uh, the steps and the door, whereupon he argued for 10 minutes with the stewards. It was at this point that the passengers began chanting, let him on, let him on, let him on, in Spanish, which they eventually did, along with his dog. Oblivious <laughs> to our support, he angrily then sat in someone else's place before having to move, being clapped the entire way, complaining that his dog did not have a window seat. Unsurprisingly, the good folks at Medellin were rather perplexed to see this chap and his made-up dog leave the plane and stopped him on the runway. Also on Weird People on Planes, I once uh, was sat on the runway at Stansted for an extra hour because some dickhead decided to smoke in the toilets before we'd even left. The stewards then told us that we had to search everybody's luggage because of the security threat he posed while he was made to stand at the front for us all to see. Incredibly, he managed to look like he didn't care. Some people uh, have the whole world unlocked, I think. Certain people just do not give a fuck. Like the guy dressed weird, strangely, uh, just running... Running towards a plane and getting on, being allowed on is just yeah. insane. That sort of behaviour would be incredible. I, I was once, <laughs> did I tell you that I was once on a plane and it would have been, it was a week or so after a, a, a quite a serious terrorist attack in Europe, I forget mm. which one. And I was on a plane flying to Boston to see my now wife who was living there at the time. And um, on the plane, although I didn't know, it happened about three or four rows behind me. A woman was told that she couldn't light up a cigarette on the plane. And she wouldn't um, listen. She kept struggling. So they, um, they they took all their cigarettes off her and everything. And she got up, legged it, and tried to open the door mid-flight, which obviously you can't do because they're locked. But she tried. <laughs> and so then um, the cabin crew had to pin her down and handcuff her to her seat. Now, apparently, I didn't know this at the time. And, this, and I had my headphones and was watching a, f- a film or something, mm. so I didn't really notice what was going on. Because you know planes are quite noisy anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when we landed, the, the, the captain came over the uh, intercom and said... Um, needs you to, under federal law in the United States, you have to remain in your seats because US Marshals need to board the plane. Yeah. And I was like, God, what's happened here? So anyway, these Marshals all got on, took her off, and um, because she was on a plane travelling to the US, mm. she was she was basically in massive breach of a load of laws or whatever. When we turned up, because of what happened the week before, um, all the US media were there. Right. So in arrivals, there were those like tanned blokes with the teeth, with microphones and the cameras, and they were they. I had a, a microphone shoved in my face by one of these guys, and I said I didn't want to talk or anything. And as I got to my um, now wife's parents' house, mm. they were still on a loop, running our flight landing at Boston, <laughs> saying potential terrorist attack on a flight into Boston, which was completely <laughs> untrue. It was just some drunk Polish woman, yeah, who it's got sent straight it? back. But whenever there's a whenever there's like a, a problem with like a landing gear or a problem with anything, like the, the like you know Twitter goes crazy because obviously it takes a good twenty minutes to get a plane down. Like so, it's like we get all of these reports and stuff where it's like, oh, this uh, plane's in trouble, EasyJet number whatever, so I'm a bit of a bother, engine trouble, blah blah blah. Um, and we all like go, oh my god! So I get on flight radar twenty four, and they go there, and you go, it's just, it's never anything. 
just somebody got pissed. Yeah, well, and was an idiot. Or... When, I, when I turned my phone on when I landed, I got loads of texts from all the American side of their family saying, you okay, what's happening? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know more than me. I, I know just, what I was I'm trying to open the door and have a fag. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to vape. Va- le- hashtag vape life. I left my uh, patches at home. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's that. Um, Pete, have you got any more or do you want to just wrap it up there Let's and come back up. on Monday? We've got a pretty decent Mankata for uh, next week, so we'll, uh, okay. we'll bash it out then. Uh, if you want to get to the show, as always, because we live to read your emails out, quite frankly, because they're always very good, uh, it's uh, show. No, it's not. What? It's hello at lukeandpeacher.com. Out of all of our podcasts, it's the only one that's hello, mm. which means I should remember it. But, yeah, you should remember But, but it. fundamentally... Just I do with the shows. Just write at the top of the, um, the paperwork that you send around. That's I'm going to write it right here. I'm going to get it tattooed on this finger. Yeah. yeah? You want to be that? Yeah, fine. <laughs> I'd love to see you. I'll pay I, for I that. I have quite small hands, so I probably wouldn't fit it on. Pete, I'll tell you something now. If you want to get a tattoo on that middle finger, I will pay for whatever you want. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. You have to, if you want to get a permanent tattoo on one of your fingers, I will pay for Luke it. Luke Isabel. Don't care. Really? It's your finger. Wow. I don't care. It's I your d- finger. I don't think you know how little I care about my. I've got the cat on the hat on my leg for crying out loud. Yeah, but you cover that up a lot. No, I don't. I'm, I, during the summer months, I'm in I'm in shorty shorts all the time. You, the best thing I can say for listeners who want to picture this is Peter's got a massive tattoo of the cat in the hat on his leg, and it's not the worst tattoo on his body. Outrageous. So it's sure. <laughs> it's not. It's hello at lukeandpeatshow.com. It is. Yeah. And we'll see you on Monday. Have an absolutely lovely weekend. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of this. We look forward to seeing you next week. Cheers. Oh, yes, nice. See you soon. Further information, Bobby Davro is still not dead. Eh, we'll see. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.